should be right. We just have, should get our hearing tested, I guess. Yeah, it might be that. It might be <laughs> this now podcasting for for a while. It's just dull their hearing. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll kick in and we'll uh, go from there. Good evening and welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. But Joust, we have a very special guest for you tonight, a true champion both on and off the field. He now heads up the Mark Hughes Foundation, raising millions of dollars for the uh, brain cancer research. Uh, he's a two-time premiership winner and uh, reportedly has shoulders like a brown snake. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> we got the Mark Hughes. Boozy, thanks for joining us. Uh, great to be here, boys. And see, hearing that song, I, I wanted to warm the shoulders up. I wanted to run onto that paddock. It uh, brings back great memories hearing that. Doesn't it so, make you uh, feel it, so much? It makes a lot of people. It would give, bring back a lot of great memories to a lot of people. You know, you'd charge on the field, 20,000 Navicastrians. Wow, it was good stuff. Yes, yeah, a feeling good that Nagy and I are very used to. Yeah, yeah, charging on the charging field. out in front of large crowds and getting yelled at. Yeah, <laughs> getting, booed, <laughs> getting booed off. But I just I got that right. Was it shoulders of a brown snake? The uh, the Herald uh, might have mentioned uh, on before '97. Yeah, so um, I remember '97 uh, like it was yesterday, and such a huge event. We got down to the Crown Plaza at um, Coogee Bay, uh, and it was the morning of the game. I bounced out of bed. I was 20 at the time. It was about my 10th first grade game. Uh, so I've charged down to the breakfast area. This was my big day. I, I, I couldn't believe I was there. I was feeling on top of the world. And as I get down, there's a the group of the boys all around a table and they're reading a newspaper and uh, looking at me a bit of laugh. So I start to walk over a little nervously and they pass the newspaper over to me and um, I start reading and it's a profile on both uh, teams, you know, and it's Robbie O'Davis, amazing step and sidestepping and Andrew John's best passer, you know, in the business, Paul Harrigan, enforcer, uh, Adam Muir, amazing edge runner. And then it had Mark Hughes, shoulders like oh. a brown snake. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the best way I saw him. So I choked on my cocoa pops and uh, thought I gotta I gotta get on with this, but um, like Pro- I yeah. proved him wrong anyway. So yeah, that's right. We got through it. Now, Mark, I'm interested to hear that. Now the game's obviously changed quite a fair bit, but cocoa pops on the day of the grand final did that come from uh, Mal Reilly? Where like who gave that tip? Was there a nutritionist involved? That <laughs> the nutritionists weren't in as much then, so ah. you had a bit more freedom with your food. Um, I used to love the away games. You'd get the big smorgasbord of food, but you know you would. Probably exaggerating of cocoa pops, but we we try and uh, we try and eat reasonably well. But it was sometimes tempting to get a little bit of bacon. Uh, yeah. if you're feeling good about yourself, but yeah, protein. Why wouldn't you? Excellent. No, no, yeah, uh, it's. I got to ask about the uh, the Marquis uh, Foundation round uh, that we had uh, for for beatings of brain cancer just uh, just a few rounds ago. Uh, how, how did it all look uh, from your end? How was it? Uh, obviously, with huge involvement from all clubs. Wow, it was just amazing. The the rugby league community is one just got behind it. You know from. Um, Todd Greenberg and the NRL headquarters to to the to the uh, supporters to the all across all media uh, and most importantly the players get right behind it by wearing them on the field and posting them on their Instagrams and they just get right behind it so 
just the fans, everyone got behind it. And uh, it's just a powerful message to send that, you know, rugby league is a great game and we can do some great things together. And it's like a round where sometimes the results of the games don't feel that important. Just there's that much goodwill in the grounds. And, you know, I went to Brisbane, I went to Townsville. You know, they were queuing 30 metres uh, long for a beanie in Townsville. They don't wow. need them. <laughs> okay, they don't need them. They, they were queuing to get one. Yeah. It's fashion, Husey. It's fashion. Maybe, maybe. Mm. But that's just the type of... Um, attitude people have to that weekend and it's just amazing it's really got i saw a lot of the uh so many of the players right across uh you know with the channel nines and and the fox sports all supporting the beanies as well and I've, i saw a few of the uh a few of the nice boys as well wearing the uh you know obviously we've got the the gendered beanies for more of a masculine beanie more of a feminine beanie but the feminine beanies were sort of making a bit of a bit of a look in for some of the blokes as well i think i saw joey uh f- fancying a, a, f- a pinkish Pinkish beanie. Well, the pom pom me is, uh, you know, it's a great accessory. Yeah. You can pom- put a pom pom on anything and anyone and look good on it. So it's a genius decision. I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. it a lot. Uh, and a lot of uh, Andrew Johns went for the, like, enjoyed the ladies one. And um, yep. Kalen Pong has been wearing it a lot as well. Um, oh, he could so wear anything and he looked oh. great. <laughs> yeah, he could wear a yeah, potato sack, couldn't he? Yeah. Um, and this one now, because we've sold out of the uh, females, so this is now a, a unisex beanie. Of course, um, yeah. So for, for anyone out there looking for them, get on the Marquis Foundation website. We've still got some of these, and they look great and keeps you warm this time of year. Fantastic. How many did you sell just out of interest for the... Uh, well, so I think we uh, last year we sold around ninety to 100,000, and we've just about doubled that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's been a huge campaign. In money terms, we're, I think we're a little bit over $3 million raised. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Just enormous. So, that yeah, that's, that's what happens phenomenal. when uh, when the, everyone just goes as one and has a crack. It's, it's amazing. It's a bloody great game, Rugby League, isn't it? Is. it? Bloody yeah. beautiful. Especially, I think it really encompasses this town, especially because you don't, you know, you feel really part of everything every win every loss everything with the with the night side so having something like this uh to bring the rugby league community uh from all wide to bring it back into that real community base must be must feel pretty special oh it feels great and you know i'm walking around newcastle beanie beanie, beanie <laughs> you know they're everywhere and i feel like i need to pat and shake every person on the hand that wears one you know <laughs> it's uh, a- because I, i'm that grateful that they're you know they're spending their money to, to support our our cause I've got to ask. Mm. Coming back from uh, you know being a two-time premiership winner with with the with the Knights, and then um, then being away from the club for for a while, and then now coming back in a sort of a very different role uh, around this with with the Beanies and being an ambassador for the club. How's that? How's that feel? Oh, it feels great, you know, to be um, just to be making a difference, going to the Knights home games and 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 checking on corporate um, our corporate supporters and making sure they're having a good day and having a chat about the game. I love doing that sort of stuff and. Just uh, thanking them for supporting the club, you know, because a lot of sponsors have put a lot of money into this club for a long time now. And we all know we've had mixed success, um, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years. But everyone sticks solid. The supporters are sticking solid. And um, I love just to be a a part of the club again. And um, also, uh, you know, the foundation is something that uh, gives you a lot back in return. You know, it's uh, to know that you're out there making a difference uh, because I need help and so many others out there need help. Fantastic. Mm. No, I was, I was also thinking um, because it's it's been quite like we had the we heard a lot from you in the last few years, um, and uh, but after you know leaving the club in two thousand five, what was the journey like uh, in between that time? Yeah, um, I, I went over. We relocated. I went to uh, France, so Catalan Dragons. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, Catalan Dragons, which is in the south of France, and the big reason for that was I, I'm from Curry Curry, mm-hmm. and I just wanted something that really mirrored my town of Curry Curry and I felt south of France was very similar. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I can exotic. see it. I can so, see it all right now. Yeah, so that's why I chose there. <laughs> and had a, had a wonderful time and uh, 
you know, came back and then I, um, you know, I, I, I did a sales rep job um, for Blue Tongue, Blue a Tongue, night yeah. sponsor. I then set up a business and did really well in that for about eight years. And, um, you know, things was all running along really well for me. And uh, I sold the business last year. Um, so now I'm, uh, as a volunteer, I, I work for the foundation. I'm looking to do corporate speaking and different things like that for, for a bit of money here and there. And I'm very lucky that the Knights support me as an ambassador. And now you're on board with the Knights Old Boys, the Once a Night Committee, yes. which is just phenomenal. We love yeah. having the old boys around. Was that connection always there while you were in France or was it more when you came back, you started getting involved in the club again after a few years yeah. away? So... <clears throat> As a, as a player, we loved Old Boys Day. We loved being a part of it. That last home game of the year, seeing the Old Boys there. And I was always a big part of getting in and chatting to the former players. And then it was just natural as soon as I got back to, to be involved in the Old Boys um, and enjoy the day, the last home game of the year. And uh, then uh, more recently, um, with our leader, Steve Crow and some great guys, we've decided to join the board together to... to you know, help continuing this. Um, you know, it's got a great reputation, the Knights Old Boys, right across the league, and we just want to try and keep taking it forward. And especially mm. because there is actually, a, uh, if you know, especially for once a night and uh, something that Liam and I will also be at uh, this Sunday for uh, State of Origin, uh, has the uh, the Knights Old Boys um, charity event, which is uh, for the Mark Hughes Foundation this year. Yeah. Uh, and that will be at uh, Central Bar at uh, at what time are we kicking off? Does, uh, uh, I think it's five o'clock. Yeah. Um, so you, you can uh, jump on the, the... It's on the Mark Hughes Foundation Facebook and it's on the Knights Old Boys Facebook, all the details. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be an awesome afternoon. If you can't get to the game, I would not want to be anywhere else. You boys are going to be running the show. Massive screen. And I'll tell you what I'm excited about hearing is Brett Mullins. That bloke was a champion. Yeah, we've got a couple of guest Brett speakers. Brett Mullins, what a player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Having him there. Um, we're going to have blokes like Adam Muir, Ben Cross. We're going to have lots of the Knights old boys there. And we're just going to have fun. You, you know, you can even, you're going to be able to buy doubles. You know the old doubles you get at the footy? Yeah. They're bringing back doubles? The doubles. The oh, doubles are going to be there. Excellent. Um, you know, uh, I think it's about $60. You get food and about four beers. So really encouraging people to please get online and uh, check it out. Uh, what's the? Where can you get it on? Oh, Mosh, Mosh, Mosh Tickets. MoshTickets.com.au. Mosh Just look is. up the uh, the best Sunday session ever, State of Origin 2 at Central Bar. Now, yeah. Boozy, I, I don't know if you've ever, you've clearly never watched Origin with Nagy and I, but yeah. mate, you're in for a treat. You are in for an absolute treat. What can treat. I expect? What can I expect? Well, Liam gets to, I, I sort of find myself as a bit of Liam, a bit of a Liam minder. It sort of, it starts off for about the same level, but you, your excitement uh, sort of supersedes mine. And then I sort of end up trying to look after you a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of yelling interspersed with occasional <laughs> note taking. <laughs> and he's Liam, I, I'm thinking face paint. Yeah and, yeah, and lift up the jersey with the initials of players no, on it. No, I'm more. I wear my origin jersey with yeah. a nice classy jacket over oh, it that oh, always has to be dry cleaned the next classy. day. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah we try to class it up a bit. Yeah, he's yeah. a sweater. He's a you sweater. can polish a turd. Who would have thought? But <laughs> <laughs> we try to polish it up. But no, it's going to be good. It's a Sunday night game. We're up 1-0 in the series. I think it's going to be a bit of fun. As you mentioned, we've got uh, there's Brett Mullins, uh, Adam Muir, yeah. Ben Cross, and obviously yeah, yourself. I'll be there, and there's a lot of old ex-Knights boys going to be there. So it's going to be a really good fun night just to come and have a drink. Massive big screen. You boys will be there, and we'll have some fun. I can't, I can't remember last time that Origin was on a Sunday as well. There's so many, uh, so often because you know it's been on this Wednesday night, sort of middle of the week. Yeah, you know, I'll be taking Monday off. I know that, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's a. I, I, um, it was on in two, uh, the last time it was on was 2001 because funny oh, enough hello. that was the year I played, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a Sunday night, so I remember that. So yeah, it's um yeah it's something different. We're all used to those Wednesday nights, but yep. um 
It's going to make it a long week at work if you're going to have a night on the slops, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be a big one. But what a way to start it off, though. I'm glad you mentioned 2001 Boozy. Now, that was your origin series. Yeah. Leading up to this series, you've obviously played with Freddie in that series. Did you ever see anything in him then that might have pointed out where he's going to now as the coach of the side? or Because he always came across a bit, you know, a bit different. Didn't seem like he'd be coaching-minded. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting... Yeah, I've... I remember walking on the team bus once and I wasn't sure where to sit and he said, sit there. So that, <laughs> that was a bit of leadership there. Um, yeah, no, Freddie, look, he's, uh, he's, he's got his quirks, but he's a leader and he's someone everyone looks up to. And it's really gelling with the players. Uh, I was just talking to Danny Vadiris on my way here. He's the assistant coach and they're a really happy camp. Uh, you're always happy when you're winning, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, Freddie is definitely a leader and I think he's picked good young fellas that we all like to watch and... Uh, I think it's a side that New South Wales can really take to and love for the next few years. And sounds like the uh, bus trip will be very well organised. Everyone so, will know where they're sitting and yeah. when and all that. That's very good. Well, yeah, it's um, you know, I'm actually lucky enough to be going into the camp tomorrow night. So oh, wow! I'm looking forward to that. And Freddie's invited me in just to chat and see the boys. So uh, I'll look forward to uh, yeah getting in amongst that. Nice. Now, have you got any particular players you're going to pull aside, have a chat to, maybe give some advice? Uh, well, look, I might have a word to Josh Adokar. He ran about 400 metres like, yeah. on Sunday. I might say, mate, you've, you've, you haven't looked after us there. Hey, how quick is he? Right, he's unbelievable. Oh, he's, he's a champion. He still so. looks like he's jogging too. Yeah, it's, what, it's quite, what, what so a, I can't wait to see him hit full What a mover. What a mover. He's a racehorse, an absolute yeah, racehorse. Yeah, he is a sprinter. But no, nah, they're good, great young fellas. And I'll be, you know, it's a big, it's quite an honour to be asked to go in. So I'll be a little nervous in uh, how I go about talking to the boys. But um, you know, I'm just there to tell my story, where, where I've been, what, I, what I'm about. And, um, you know, it's, I'm not there to motivate them or tell them how to play footy, uh, but it'll be good to go and have a chat. Yeah, and that three-game series, it was, it was your only series and it was kind of, you know, the Alfie Langer fairy tale oh, felt like it overshadowed anything New South Wales could have done. Yeah. Mate, they've stitched you up. What happened? I did say to Wayne Bennett that I, I did fairly cheated me out of my rep career. <laughs> um, it was one, uh, first game up in Lang Park. I was warned about how loud it was and how noisy and fast. And I ran out there and it was just this noise that I'll never forget. And um, it was so loud. And then before I knew it, I'm at fullback and Lottie Jakiri's burst through and he scored and the Queenslanders are all over him and I'm on the deck and thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be a big <laughs> night. And they got, got on top of us and they did really well. Game two in Sydney, different ball game. We won about 28, eight or four. We were all over them. So feeling confident going into game three. And, um, They've called the SOS for um, Alan Langer to come back from England, who'd been playing overseas, and he came back and just did did amazingly well. And yeah, the rest was history. We got beat two one. So it's a tough game, uh, Origin. I hats off to these people that play so many games to get yourself up every time, and it's a tough tough game. And that's it. We constantly hear about you know the step up to Origin. How did it feel, a young bloke from Curry Curry stepping out, like you said, Lang packed Lang yeah. Park in front of Queensland? It must have been. Just something else. Oh, it was surreal. Like, I just, I didn't really expect it. I'll, a few injuries went my way to get me that opening to start with. And I was just thinking, this is unbelievable to be here. And, yeah, just surreal getting out there and you're singing the national anthem. And um, it is a quick game. Like, club game, you'll get time to have a look at the clock and see, oh, how's that? When's that? When are we finished? How long we got to go? All that stuff. But Origin, you just, it's all buzz, buzz quick. So, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough game.
I have to get reminded myself uh, when I see you uh, in that 2001 playing fullback as well because I always yeah. sort of knew you as more of a centre yeah. wing. Yeah. Uh, was, it, was that like uh, something that you were expecting at the time? With Well, I was playing some really good uh, footy at fullback at the yep. time. Um, a few times Robbie O for different things was out injured and stuff. So it gave me some long blocks at fullback. And... You know, I just found myself um, playing some really good footy at fullback. Uh, having Andrew Johns at halfback and some great players around you, it, it all worked really well. So, yeah, I had some really good times at fullback as well. The Smiling Assassin, I seem to remember, it might have been a few of the headlines uh, back <laughs> in the day. It was, uh, uh, it was, it was uh, some really great times. <clears throat> yeah. Considering um, in 97... Um, Stepping up, as you said, a 20-year-old uh, to, to after not too much first-grade experience at all, uh, stepping into that uh, grand final um, on that grand final stage in uh, in front when you know with the whole country's watching you. Um, could you would you have any advice to someone like a Kalen Ponga who's probably going to be stepping up uh, at at a very similar age, uh, going into a, a really big arena for game two in Origin? Yeah, look, Kalen's got a lot more tools than I have, and he's, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna handle things. He, he's amazing, but. I suppose you've just you can't uh, you can't get overawed by things and of the occasion and try and try and enjoy it the best you can and you know you're a bit of an underdog at that age so I enjoyed that the feel of being the underdog and I used to get out there and get amongst these bigger name guys that I'd grown up even supporting myself so um, yeah I felt like I was that underdog look when I was 18 I was playing park football at Curry uh, 18 months later I'm doing a lap around the um, Sydney Football Stadium is a premiership winner. So, you know, life can change really quick, fellas. And I know that better than anyone because I know my life changed really quickly um, in, the, in the wrong direction uh, about four or five years ago. But as a youngster, my, my life changed really quickly. And I, you make your own luck in life. And I put myself in and around things to, to get that luck. And I finally got there um, as a under 21s, uh, as a 19 year old. But then by the time I was 20, uh, I'd won a premiership. So, wow, it was just, boy, this is unbelievable. Incredible. Mm. I'm glad you used the words New South Wales and underdogs in the same sentence mm. because I remember growing up, every year around Origin time, I was terrified. It was always, you know, we're coming up against this unstoppable Queensland side before the dynasty. Mm. But now you go back and read the media, it's always Queensland, always the underdogs. Yeah. You, you, Just an interesting little note that I'm really pissed <laughs> off that they pull every year. But we, yeah, I, there were some hard years for New South Wales, you know, coming into this series, just feeling dread at this, you know, behemoth that is Queensland Rugby League. And, you went up against it, played against it on the field. That's unbelievable. Yeah, look, uh, we've all sat back and you got to you, you look at the New South Wales side and you look at people to blame or why are we losing these comps, uh, these series. But I don't look at the Blues team. I more look at the Queensland team and I just say that wow, uh, you know this bloke, this bloke, this they're they're really amazing generation players, and that's that's the reason why Queensland have had this success. And um, you know, fortunately for New South Wales. You know they're losing the, the the Jonathan Thurston's and the you know Cameron Smiths all at once. So this is just a wonderful opportunity for us to start right now. Own little bit of history. That's it. I think this pre Origin preseason is the year I found God <laughs> when those three retired. I returned there, to the church. There, there is a God. <laughs> I got to I got to ask. Um, being back around the club again uh, for the last couple of years and seeing. Uh, you know the hardest years that the club has uh, has gone through, especially the last three, and the change that uh, with all the new faces, new administration, new coaches. Um, how do you see it on the inside right now with uh, with Brown, uh, Brownie, and Moons, and, and and the likes of and players like you, <clears throat> people like yourself and Crowey being back around the club? What's the feel around the club? Yeah, look, I think first and foremost, the big thing was uh, the West Group, um, you know, Phil, Phil Gardner and the West Group taking over to add that professionalism. They know how to make things work. And I think it's just so great to have them 
that kind of backing behind us. So we've finally got our... And I always say, you know, you say that winning starts in the front office. Well, our front office is starting to win now because we've got that type of backing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what uh, Moons and Nathan Brown are doing. Um, you know, they've gone through some really tough times and they haven't rushed in and bought journeymen just to save that save themselves. They've they've waited and they've been patient and they've made sure they've made the right buys for the for the club and not just for their own careers. And I admire them for that. And you know, slowly but surely the jigsaw puzzles come together. Um, it's it's been a huge blow to have um, Mitchell Pearce injured for this long term to their plan, but that's footy. Um, and there's no doubt about it, they're in the hunt for one or two more, you know, high-caliber players. But if we can pull off one or two high-caliber players, uh, I think we're, we're, we're right there. Yeah, so I think it's a, it's a great time to be a Knights supporter. We've still got our ups and downs, we know that. But I think uh, our, our good days are, are coming. I'm Absolutely. Very, I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Now, we know your time's short, and we really appreciate yeah. you coming on tonight. Uh, but I gosh, there's always been a question that I've been itching to ask because we've, you know, we've, we've talked to some players that played in the 97 grand final. We've talked to some players that played in 01. You've played in both. Yeah. Is it like asking which is your favourite child? Because which is your favourite grand final out of the two? Gee, it is really hard. That's probably the boring answer, yeah, is yeah. that it is hard. But I suppose it was just special, I think, for the first time Newcastle won a premiership. You know, like it was 97. Um, there was a few things going on in the town. BHP, there was problems there. And, you know, the Knights had been in for 10 years. And the euphoria around that victory is something that you'll never, none of us will forget. And, you know, you remember where you were that day. Everyone does. Because it was just such a momentum occasion um, that to be a part of. And uh, to do it with... Um, you know, someone like Paul Harrigan, Tony Butterfield, Mark Glanville, guys that have been there from the start too. It was special. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, an, ama it's an amazing special memory to have. And we did our 20-year reunion last year, so there's a lot of reminiscing on that. And, um, it's uh, you know, it's been good. Um, I, I often say that um, I had, you know, I've had brain surgery and that, and as people ask me, is there any after effects? Well, it's a weird sort of, and I've spoken to my doctor about it, but the only thing I said with my memory is I've, I've forgotten about all the missed tackles and all <laughs> drop balls that I've done. And the doctor doesn't know how to explain it, but I, but I remember the good stuff even better too. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, but it's, that's just the side effect of my surgery. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, not a bad yeah. side effect. <laughs> and in saying that, tw uh, not 2001 boys, full competition. Yep. I'd been in first grade four or five years. I was feeling a real part of it. I was a bit of a blow-in in 97. I fell a part of it in 2001. Uh, so, wow, that was just, that was awesome as well. Well, yeah. far from being a blow-in, I've been told that you were actually the longest-serving member of the Mad Monday in 97. Oh. You were the last one standing. <laughs> there was yes. something, I think, happened at the uh, the Ducks and Nuts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Um, look, that was an amazing party and time. And I, I was just on the edge, just enjoying it, hanging back. I wasn't, I wasn't going too hard, but I didn't want to go home either. I, I was enjoying the whole thing and... Um, there was a point where the big chief fell asleep on a stool and uh, no one could get to the toilet and it was, a, it was four or five in the morning. So <laughs> I thought it was my chance to, to help the chief out. So I, I went to the stool and I, I put his arm over me and I got him up. I've, and I've, I've, you know, I know what it would have looked like. I couldn't see it, but, you know, I reckon we look like the Winfield Cup. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting the big fella out and we go, we go through. And as we're doing it, everyone lines the thing and they're actually giving a big cheer to their leader chief which was um, it was an emotional moment and we're going through there clapping then we get out the doors and we've sort of fallen and thankfully i've maneuvered chief's 
body in front of me onto the pavement <laughs> so I could use him as a cushion. <laughs> and uh, we fell down and I packed him in a cab. But uh, look, just going on about Chief, uh, where do I start? You know, he, he's an ambassador for our foundation. Uh, just the greatest leader I've ever been associated with and great, great person. And um, yeah, so lucky to have had Chief back then as a youngster. And now I've got him right next to me by my side now to help with everything I'm doing with the foundation and with the battle that I've got. And that's a huge guy you've helped out by your shoulders, which, like a brown snake, my ass, he's enormous and you managed to get him out. I was yeah. actually speaking to an Uber driver uh, the on the way to the game last weekend. He's a gentleman who'd competed in the Paralympics and he said he took a $600 cab ride home from Parramatta to watch the Screaming Jets play after the grand final, to spend the whole week partying. He said it was just unbelievable. He said it was the best time to ever be in Newcastle. What a story, yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's so many fun, good stories. And you, 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 you'll always hear a story, won't you? You know, you'll be at a pub and a bar and 97 will come up or 2001. And there's always a good story and it's good memories. But hopefully we've got some new memories, fellas, to, to write up. I just, this night's team, there's some that will happen over the next couple of years. We can't thank you so much. Uh, can't thank you enough for coming in, Hughie. It's honestly been a real dream come true uh, for me. And uh, that 97... And me. And you as well, Liam. <laughs> thank you, Nagy. It's a dream every week with you, Liam. <laughs> That's uh, it. Talking <laughs> about footy every week is a dream come yeah, true. Yeah, it is. It's great. <laughs> and uh, congratulations on the job you did, boys. You're doing a great job. Uh, and to all those millions of listeners out there, if you want to come uh, on Sunday night, please do. Yeah. Come and see me and the boys and we'll, uh, we'll have a fun night. It's going to be some stories. Going to watch some footy. It's going to be fantastic. What more could you want? Husey, Husey, I can't. Uh, Thank you enough for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, Cheers, boys. Mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Love mate. Very much. Thanks, boys. That was awesome. Great guys. job, boys. Thank really. you so much. Thank man. you that so much. <laughs> Why did you put your shirt back on underneath it? It's because it was cold. <laughs> it's freezing in here. <clears throat> Welcome back to the second half of the joust. Wasn't that just an absolute pleasure to have someone of that? You know, I've always looked up. To, to Boozy, uh, you know, obviously two premierships, but it was to have him right here. And we've done some stuff with him before, uh, but uh, to have him in the garage was an absolute... What do you, what you, I'll Absolutely. I mean, he was obviously a favourite growing up. You know, it, it's Boozy. He, you yeah, know, he was a formative member of the Knights team that I grew up with. And to yeah. be able to sit here and have a chat with him about footy, hey, this is the dream. It's I unbelievable. Was, I think he was always my mum's favourite as well. She always spoke fondly of him. Yeah, my mum loved Mal Meninga. Big Malcolm. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to see any more of uh, Mark Hughes and support the Mark Hughes Foundation, please head down to Central Bar. Uh, uh, we've got a link down to the tickets for Mosh Tickets as well. Uh, here's some all more Origin talk or Origin tales uh, and just watch some footy with some great blokes. So I'm excited. And for us. It. And us. <laughs> it's some great blokes. And, and us. So uh, yeah, there's a bit of a contrast. You've got to take the rough with the smooth. <laughs> Absolutely. But Liam, now there was a game also on the weekend. Uh, Alas, Snaggy, there was. Now you were there. I watched it at the Commonwealth Hotel. Uh, I had a lovely time there, except for the result. It was, you know, I, was, I, I had the, the obviously... Great food, cold beer, numerous screens. What more could you want to watch footy? It was it was the perfect venue. I've, uh, I had an absolutely lovely time there for, with Stu and Kath. Uh, it, was, uh, it was fantastic. But you were at the game now, Yes. Liam. Now, walk me through the, what, what It was about minus four It was cold Although in the sun It actually wasn't too bad I was over there On the Andrew John stand Thank you dad For uh, lending me Your member ticket <laughs> <laughs> So I was over there On the Andrew John stand Obviously not as big a crowd As I thought there would be 14,000 14,000 and a half But still a very vocal crowd yeah. um, Not all the vocals Were things <laughs> I agreed with Not everything I heard Were 
positions I could endorse nor could repeat on yeah. this family show. But, uh, you know, still plenty of support behind the boys, which was good to see. 28-10, uh, obviously going down without coming away with the Chockeys. And, it uh, look, for the first 20 minutes, it was seems like it, it was a bit of an arm wrestle. Um, you know, we, we threw some stuff at them. Uh, they came back. We defended well for that first 20, but then it fell away. Uh, watching on the commentary, um, great audio there at the Commonwealth Hotel as well, if you're watching sport. And uh, you could hear, uh, I think it was Warren Smith, uh, the commentator, say uh, that how well the Knights are defending and they seem to be deflecting the storm attack right at... As, uh, was it Curtis Scott? No, the uh, man, what's it? Riley Jacks. Riley Jacks. Canadian yeah. international Riley Jacks. Yeah, yeah, right as he went over, uh, pretty much untouched. So it was the almost the commentator's curse. Well, on the rewatch, we did get hit with the commentator's curse. Every time they complimented the Knights, then Melbourne Storm scored immediately. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there you go. cheers, boys. Thank you very much. We might prefer it if, if we played a game with no commentators. Maybe that's something that the Knights could look into. I think um, get rid of the cameras too. <laughs> Just play, maybe turn the lights off as well. Play in the dark. That could be our advantage. There you go, playing in the dark. That's where we. That's where we go from here. Glow in the dark ball, maybe. Because you know you can play night golf with a glow in the dark ball. What about glow in the dark jerseys? How would you see the opposition? Well, how? Well, yeah, I suppose. Well, that's that's the fun of it. You are you are you in space? Are you not? Uh, uh, you know, is, is are you being tackled by the opposition? Are you being tackled by your own team? Look, it's only early stages, Nagy. Obviously, just as we're still workshopping this, but yeah. uh, look, we'll get Todd on the phone. We'll get yeah, we'll, we'll get Greenberg on the phone we'll, after this. We'll get McCall after this. Now, Liam, listener of the show. <laughs> Speaking of listeners for the show, uh, your hats off for this week. Liam? My hats off for this week, and look, we've done this so many times throughout the year, but we're going to do it again. It's the Pong. Now, speak- Ladies and gentlemen, the Pong. Speaking of hashtag Pong strong, uh, we big shout out to uh, Andre, uh, the, the the father of the Pong. Yes, Papa Pong, avid listener of the show. Good to hear from you, Andre. Thanks for uh, being a fan of the show. We've got a, a be- little sound, I think, yeah, for be- Papa be- Pong. Well, being the creator of the Pong, I think it's only fair that he gets a bit more of an oomph, and it's uh, thank you, Andre. It's he, he gets a real pump. Uh, that's it. Pong Strong didn't come from nowhere, baby. That's right. No, big, big shout out to Andre. Thank you very much for listening. But uh, but no, obviously, uh, we didn't come away with the Chalkies, but it was a uh, solid effort from uh, Callum Ponga. Scoring uh, scoring a try close to the line, uh, making you know breaking the line a couple of times. It just looked dangerous. He did. His stats looked ridiculous for a game where we uh, obviously didn't come away with the Chalkies. Stats, obviously, courtesy of our dear friend in... But the stats make for glorious reading. He had uh, he had obviously that try, ran for 207 metres. Mm. He made two line breaks, 14 tackle busts. The kid's just untackleable. Yeah. And uh, one offload. So very good stats from the Pong. But at times, it, it, it did kind of feel like uh, Newcastle haven't got out of this uh, the Ponger show yeah. effect yeah. where it's kind of throw it to Kayla and see what he can do, which is a lot to put on a young player. And I feel like at a few times... Not through lack of trying, he may have picked the wrong option. Yeah. Um. But besides that, he was phenomenal, and he he said in a, in an interview with Barry Tui in today's Herald that he went out there with a mind to create. He went out trying to create stuff, trying to make things happen, and he said he he doesn't think he overplayed his hand, but maybe he tried to create too much, which I think is a bit of a reflection on the side we got at the moment now, where he feels like he has to take that responsibility because the other players around him, especially in the back line, maybe aren't able to, and it's putting a lot of pressure on him, but so far he's handling it with aplomb. Yeah, look, it, 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 there is a bit of um, throw it to Kalen and see if he can sprinkle some magic on the pudding. Uh, and 
it's not working for us every time, but it's working for us like a third of the time, and that's just as bad because it's because uh, you still it's like rolling the die every time. Like he gets the ball, you're like maybe like you know we know that he might be in his end goal, he's got six to beat, but he could probably do it. So it's uh it's it's disappointing to see uh, that much pressure on the young fellow. I'd like to see more of an equal distribution uh, of of you know. But there was mistakes. There was mistakes right through. Um, none of the passes seemed to stick in key moments. Uh, a few decisions from from the cog. Uh, from Jack Cogger just didn't seem to be like we definitely got out, out game managed uh, at every point uh, and for that the cog probably gets my hats back on um, I went to that he went to that sort of um, bomb quite a lot and he didn't really I don't know kicking choices look this this is a fellow that probably was gonna gonna see with Vigil Pierce and uh, Connor Watson uh, Brock Lamb in front of him that was gonna play most of his uh, days in reserve grade and you know there was big calls for him to come up and play and look I haven't I, you know I don't I'd say I don't like him. I think <laughs> I'm sure he's a lovely fellow. Oh, he's a lovely guy. Look, you know, but look, he does show that of of um, you know he's got the the weight of a team on his shoulders, making these uh, key decisions uh, on the fifth and fourth tackle. Uh, and obviously, Connor Watson, you know, can probably share this um, share the responsibility a little bit because he he obviously goes to that run down the blind, and that came off also very early in the second half. But then he threw the ball on the ground again. Exactly, and that was kind of the the story of the night's night, even from. You know, early in the game when we were attacking Melbourne's line, any time we'd get into their 20-metre zone, there was a mistake. Yeah. We'd get back there, we'd work our asses off. There was another error. There was so many errors in the game. It was 15 errors to the Knights. We only ended up with a 66% completion rate. Which, 66. Given that we'd actually been topping the NRL for completion rates leading up to this game, it's just, I don't know, the boys just, they looked off. There was something in the lead-up to that game that must have happened. They were just off, putting passes down. Easy passes going to the feet. It just was an unpolished performance. Yeah. And I think, again, that comes a lot from the inexperience of the side. Nathan uh, Brown came out and said in his uh, Q&A after the re-signing of the contract, more to come on that in the news, mm. that uh, you know the, the better players will back up five, six games in a row. At the moment, what we're seeing from these younger guys, we'll have two or three good games, which I think we can safely say that Parramatta was a great game. I think we can safely say that the Roosters, Roosters was, a was a good game. We played quite well. But now you've got that third game where we've just fallen off the pace a bit because the young guys aren't quite equipped yet to handle consistency. Now, obviously, it was coming up a uh, really hard uh, hard run at home, even though it was all these home games in a row, but coming up against the Roosters, which has always had the... Uh, the, the sort of um, had it won over on us you know what I mean for years they had the wood on us the wood I couldn't think of, I was going to say the blanket they haven't had the blanket over on us no I don't think anyone's had the blanket over on us it's not a saying the pillow over on us maybe like they're suffocating <laughs> us well that uh, felt like Melbourne's game plan that's exactly what they did that was suffocating did. us but why the wood on us who's piling wood on people I'm not sure <laughs> but what it's effective it seems to be apparently it works because it's, it's stuck it's stuck yeah the wood is stuck unlike our passes that day unlike our passes it was disappointing to see uh, Liam do you have a hats back on are you going to go with the cog as well I'm going to stick with the cog as well Look, yeah. and, and again I, I we can't be blaming the cog too badly for this he's a young bloke he's not prepared I don't think at the start of the season it was part of Brownie's game plan to be playing him for extended periods yeah. and uh, due to injury he's kind of been thrown in as necessary thrust thrust if yeah, you will yeah. into the field of play mm. um and yeah i mean it's hard for a young bloke like that to fill the boots of mitchell pierce so as 
I'm giving this hats off, but again, I don't like it. Yeah, no, I don't like it. Your hat's back on. This I'm giving my hats back, back on, on to Jack Cogger, <laughs> but I'm not happy to do it. I just, I just want the young bloke to do really well. Even though, you know, he's leaving for the Bulldogs at the end of the season, you still want to see him succeed in a Newcastle jersey. I was really hoping we'd back up that performance. Not that I was hoping for wins against the Roosters of the Storm, uh, but I was really hoping that they would play another, like... M- Roosters-esque kind of game that um, that would see like some real promise and then we could really go in uh, firm to uh, the next three which I think is the Titans, Parramatta and Bulldogs all down the bottom of the ladder um, and I really think you know we lost to the Titans earlier this season uh, those kinds of games that we lost to the Titans and also like oh we should have won that they're the ones that count now because now all the pressure is on us I think we've won one of our last six uh, all the pressure is now to win the next three games if we want to keep the season alive we're in the season alive talk now which I mathematical chances they call them oh, we have I a mathematical it. chance of making the eight naggy i hate it but we have a bite that's because you hate mathematics i do i don't i'm more of a letters <laughs> man um, i've read your notes you're not a letters I'm not, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, thank you for pointing that out i'm not a letters or numbers man i'm more of a is there anything else that's important in life no not really no. Uh, <laughs> they all bases back off those two i did like uh you remember the letters and numbers the game show that was on the abc oh it was fantastic hosted by richard moorcroft oh. my absolute favorite of all time there was rarely uh, about 2011 there was rarely a time that i'd miss the conundrum at, uh... oh it's wonderful <laughs> and look if it, you know obviously it's always in my life wanted to be talking about footy if it wasn't talking about footy i wanted to be richard moorcroft he was the greatest newsreader of all time i thought it was actually uh, i thought that show came back on television the other day uh or it might have been a year ago i don't know but it was i was like oh it's back it's it's terrific. It's great because Richard Moorcroft doesn't age. And then uh, and then, then it was like, oh, you won the... Because they give away uh, a, a dictionary or something like yes. that. And it was like... And they said the thing it was like 2013. And I was like, damn it. Like, <laughs> still cancelled. They're showing repeats, but they're just as good. But they're Liam, just as good the second time around. We're digressing. We uh, digress, <laughs> as we tend to do. Um, but it, it, it look... Oh, 2810. Uh, wasn't an absolute flogging, but definitely I didn't feel like Melbourne got out of uh, first gear. As, uh, Absolutely not. So it was disappointing to see them wear us down. Um, yeah, look, uh, we got a good run of penalties there. We couldn't. We need to be scoring more points. Scoring more points at home. Absolutely. But, couldn't capitalise. We need to be capitalising. We defended well against the Roosters and against the Storm. I think the only way you... you, you you out is you make them play catch up footy. You make them play and push their push their hand a little bit. But but Liam, um, we don't want to dwell too much because we have a, a very exciting um, you know few games to come up, uh, and mm. we have the week off as well, so they can just regather. And every week we're getting a little bit closer to Mitchell Pierce. Please don't injure yourself again. Um, Friday the thirteenth, he'll be back. But talks yeah. he could be back even earlier for the Bulldogs game in two weeks. Oh, yes. Yeah, two weeks. Two That'd weeks. be great. Wouldn't now, that be wonderful? Now, Liam, uh, there's a lot to cover, so I think we better... Uh, what's that? The news? Oh. Now, a lot to cover in the news. Liam, do you want to take it away? Oh, it's a big news section this week. First of all, in the news, Brownie has re-signed on a... Absolutely groundbreaking, never seen before style of contract for an NRL coach. Nagy, do you know the details of this? Yeah, well, it was uh, a, what was referred to as an evergreen contract. Now, Liam, you, uh, you're you quite the, uh, the horticulturalist yourself. Uh, yes. You want to walk us through what an evergreen uh, contract yes, might be? Yes, an evergreen tree is one that does not lose its uh, leaves in the wintertime. Mm. That would, in fact, be a deciduous tree. And funnily enough, deciduous, deciduous. is our word of the week. Thank you for all playing at home. Thank you for playing at home. Deciduous, word of the week. No, but Brownie's evergreen contract, to sum it up in its most basic parts, he's not signed on for a set term. As most coaches usually would, you'll see a three-year deal, a four-year deal, a five-year deal, a two-year deal if you're 
Yeah, just it, coming out of reserve grade. Sure. But basically, the way the contract works is that Brownie's now signed on for an indefinite period, mm. and built into that contract are some key performance indicators that will indicate whether or not he stays at the club. So it's based on the performance of the team, not an arbitrary time limit. I absolutely love it. I think it's for a rebuild, putting an arbitrary term limit on a coach is just asking for pressure. It's just asking for shortcuts. It's asking for things to be done in the wrong manner. By saying to Brownie, you've got the time to do this, do it in the manner you think you need to, and we're not going to demand in two years, if you need another six months, we're not going to demand, oh, well, you've taken two years, get out and we'll start again. Mm. And it reminds me of the original, I want to say contract, but the original tenure of Wayne Bennett at the Brisbane Broncos. Now, Rugby League Digest, great podcast. Give it a listen if you can. Did a series about the introduction of the Brisbane Broncos to the New South Wales Rugby League, as yeah. it was called at the time. And from what I deduce from that story is that Wayne Bennett never actually signed a contract to coach the Broncos. He no. never signed a contract. Just it turned was up on the handshake day. handshake agreement. Yeah. He turned up on the day and just did it for years. There was no term limit. There was no, Wayne, you're here for three years. See what you can do. It was just, Wayne, you're here. You're, you're Brisbane's here. coach. You've got time. Do what you need to do. And it led to that golden run Dynasty. of six premierships it led to you know the Broncos becoming an absolute powerhouse of rugby league yeah. and you know obviously it's very different circumstances things change yeah. but at the same time it it really strikes me as that kind of situation I think it's going to make Brownie's job a lot easier not having to worry regularly about where he's going to be in two years three years he can just focus on the job I love it I say Phil Gardner thank you very much I think it's a great I think Great that, thing to do, and and also it is. Uh, it also reminds me of uh, that uh, with that with it with the, the new contract for Brownie uh, that our very first of the season gets three and a half smiling brownies. That's a lot of smiling brownies. What a wonderful uh, wonderful achievement. Three three and a half, and that's yeah, that's that's huge. really high. That's huge on that scale on the smiling brownie scale. And I think it's our first smiling brownies this year. It is well done, Nathan, for earning your own smiles back to you. Now carrying on with the news, and we're going to touch on this a bit more in the sack a bit later on. Now Pong, mm. he's been named. He's been named in the Origin squad in the number 14 jersey, so we're led to believe. It's only been released as a squad. Yeah. But Michael Morgan out with, I believe, a torn bicep. Yeah. Um, Anthony Milford has been dropped and will play for Samoa in the rep round. So it looks like uh, the Pong's going to take that number 14. The dreaded number 14 jersey of Queensland, the one that New South Wales have been trying to emulate for about the last 20 years. Uh, it's Which is every- a bit silly because it only really worked for Cooper Cronk. Well, no, then it worked for Matt Bowen as well when he scored the in game one, 2005. Oh, well, that was one try. Well, that's the thing. They all just have these little <laughs> one. It didn't work for Daly Cherry Evans. That's it didn't. It, that's why it didn't work. Daly. Um, <laughs> Top that. Is that even Cherry? A, even, yeah. Evans. Uh, <laughs> get one name, you fool. Um, sorry, big chat, but he's a big fan of the show. I love the show, Daly. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for listening, Thank Daly. You. We're a huge but, fan of yours as well. But no, it's uh, it's interesting. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I was just pl- I was pretending. I know, but was, he listens, and I didn't want to. Tear was, him down too bad. I was acting. Now, but Liam, it's uh, <laughs> that that fourteen jersey. I, I like I like how they're going to bring Ponga off the bench purely being a night supporter because he's not there. That fullback, you know, if he because he weighs about what does he weigh? I don't know, sixty eight kilos. Ring went. Um, it's not much. Not much at all, uh, especially when you're soaked as well because the water will carry weight. <laughs> Water's heavy. Water's heavy. Yeah. Um, but it's it. I like it how he's not going to be there for the brunt. They're going to try to put him in and really maximise his. Uh, look, I don't like this. I like the fact that they they're protecting him a little. Um, that's 
that's what I like. As a Knights fan, I like it. Um, but it's it's going to be good to see the Pong. Hopefully, he grows from this and it brings that form back to uh, to to the Knights. Um, but at the same time, he's not out there copping the knocks and the biffs and the and having the the huge Fords of New South Wales um, running clean over him. Well, not the biffs anymore. Thank you, Nate Miles. Yeah. Now further to the news. Rep Round has not left the Knights untouched at all. Slade Griffin, Herman SASA also selected for the New Zealand team. Herman SASA. Herman SASA. The man so nice they named him Herman. Herman yeah. Selected for New Zealand to play in Denver in an historic test match, first in the USA, I think, yeah. against the uh, England somethings. What are they called? The England Crosses. England Lions? No. No. England. That's a Union. Well, I thought that was the same thing, isn't it? Sure. The England Backpackers. Sure. Well, yeah, that's about what they are all <laughs> over the world. That's how they're known. Yeah. Um, the England uh, bartenders uh, that's, <laughs> that are working illegally. No, but Liam, it's, uh, that's going to be interesting. I did feel for Danny Levi a little bit. Look, as a change of coach, I think it's important to look at the, Just to put it into perspective, for Danny Levi, he's been beaten out by this new recruit by the Knights, who's someone who didn't play a lot of first grade uh, for his starting number nine position. But look, he was always the New South Wales, sorry, New Zealand uh, uh, hooker. And it was, he always had that. Well, at least I'm going to play for New Zealand. But he was left out of that side for Slade Griffin. So um, also, I hear that Slade Griffin has moved into his house, and that's who uh, Danny Levi's children talk to now as well. <laughs> Little piece of information. So just new Danny. <laughs> new Danny. Um, he's also driving his car. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I saw Danny Levi walking to training recently. Um, no, look, I feel for Danny Levi, but really it's the change of coach. We've got uh, Maguire in there now. Uh, and uh, before, when it was the previous coach, I believe it was... David Kidwell. David Kidwell. I think that was David Kidwell. Notoriously bad coach. Yeah, he's not good. Um, <laughs> he put that hit on Peter Sim receiver that one time. And Willie Mason. Will, Willie Actually, Mason, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't too bad with big hits. Um, but it, I think for him, he was... Danny Levi was his pick. So now because Isaac Luke is also part of that side, uh, I, I think you'll see Isaac Luke starting uh, for... Uh, for New Zealand. Um, which makes sense. Skyzak looks in some wonderful form, but obviously this is also a team that's been ravaged by rep retirements and announcements of unavailabilities. The mm-hmm. whole Denver test has been a bit of a stick in the side of the New, Z- New Zealand Rugby League, and I think they've had they've had three players retire, Mannering, Madalino, Packer. They've had four players declare their unavailabilities, Sean Johnson, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, um, and what, another Roger, fella from the Warriors. Roger said Jared no. Beal and Tohu Harris. Who have they got? All four of those from the Warriors all said no. Yeah. So, Is it just too it, far to travel? It's, well, it's not. Well, it's in Denver. It's in Denver. You, it's, it's a flight. You get to eat on the flight. You have a few wines, watch movies. It's very relaxing. I love flying. It sounds like if he went, like if Slade Griffin went home to his, his family and said, I've got a big for New Zealand. I'm playing. They'll be like, great. Where is it? Is it, you know, is it in Auckland? Is it in Wellington? Sure, it might be in Christchurch. No, it's in Denver. Now, Slade actually addressed that in the press. They yeah. said, uh, Slade, how do you feel about traveling to Denver to play for the Kiwis? And he said, mate, Mike called me. Mike, Madge, I think they call him. Madge, yeah. He said, Madge called me. Mate, I said, to him I'll play in bloody Antarctica if oh, I have I like to that. to get this test jersey I think that's good of Slade obviously and we talk about the players that have been out for this test yeah. but Slade Griffin and Herman SESE absolutely deserve their spots in that squad I've I think Slade's been one of our best really shoring up the side even though it's been a tough run I thought actually on the weekend he was very good him against Cameron Smith was a hell of a matchup and he was on Smith every time every time Cameron Smith would do anything with the ball Slade was there he yeah. was trying his best to shut him down and lock him up um, and Herman's been you know doing his best to lead from the front in amongst a very young and inexperienced forward pack I think they've both been two of our absolute best and I think they really deserve this um, 
but you know, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be an interesting thing to see uh, all the rep uh, games this weekend. Uh, but uh, I love rep round. But I, more uh, out of the news as well. Lachlan yep. Fitzgibbon, poor Lockie Fitz. We love him with all our hearts. Yeah. Um, but he's done the classic Newcastle thing, and as soon as we sign a player, he's gone out and tried to kill him. Yeah, he's tried. He's to kill uh, him. been found guilty by. No, he's put on report for mm. a crusher tackle yeah. against uh, New Knights recruit Timothy Glasby. Yes. Welcome, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Lockie's going to try and break your neck. Welcome to McDonald um, Jones, Tim. <laughs> yeah, he's been uh, cited for a crusher tackle. One game. He will face a one-game suspension with the early plea I'll or no, two games if not, but they'll take it. It was about as clear as a crusher tackle as you see. Yeah. Poor, poor old Lockie Fitz. You know, you know, usually you wouldn't hurt a fly, wouldn't crush a grape, but instead he's crushed a full man uh, <laughs> spine into the ground. Um, a little bit mismatched of where he's, you know, where his aggression is going, but uh, but we still love it. We do, Lockie Fitz, most handsome man in that Newcastle side. Absolutely, <laughs> um, big fan of the show too. Huge Cheers, fan. Lockie. Thank you very much, Liam. I think it's about that time for Origin talk. Oh yeah, let's sorry. talk Origin before we talk sack. <laughs> okay. I want to talk footy right, go, now. Go, go. News from Origin: RCG out with a broken jaw, six to eight weeks, so he will miss game two, mm. probably game three as well. Ryan James. Matt Pryor and... Yeah, where did Pryor come from? <laughs> Luke Keary have been called in. Now, Ryan James, I get. Mm. He's kind of been on the cusp of selection for the last few years. His form this year with the Titans has been pretty good. Yeah. Hasn't been the form that he's been showing in the last two years. But I feel like this is a, a really deserved call-up for Ryan James. I think he'll yeah, yeah. add a lot in the middle. He'll be great. I'm not worried about him. I, I can't. I, surely he's going to be picked over Matt Pryor. Not that anything went wrong with Matt Pryor, but you know, I don't think he's playing in that 2016 kind of form that really when he... Like if he got selected, then I'm like, yeah, well, he's playing great. Now it's almost like just a big f you to uh, to uh, for feeder saying, look, we're going to pick you, mate. This is how much we don't like you. <laughs> we're just going to pick that other guy that you play with. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's strange. You, it's a strange pick. I think honestly, knowing Matt Pryor, what he does on the field, I don't know him. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. But knowing what it is he does on the field and offers to Matt, I'd love to catch up for a beer if you're yeah, free, man. Yeah, he. I think he'll really add a lot to the Blues. Yeah. He's got experience. He's a premiership winner. He's been just a, a, an immensely consistent prop over the last yeah. five, six, seven years. And I think in amongst all the youth, that's what Freddie needs. So I think he's bringing him in as a bit of an experienced head. Even though he has no experience playing representative football. Yeah, but he's, um, he's on the other side of 30. Uh, props around that age. They're not scared of anything. You know hmm. what I mean? Like they don't, they don't have that, well, I better look after myself. It's like, well, both my knees are busted. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to run. So, Which is good. That's kind of what you need in Origin sometimes. Luke Keary. Yeah. What do you yeah, think about Luke? Well, he's tiny. He's a twelve-year-old boy. He's uh, <laughs> but uh, it, that makes me wonder: is there something? Is it back up for Maloney? He's backing I guess. up for Maloney, who I believe suffered a Cork? nerve to his sciatic. <sighs> Ooh, a bit, it's a bit of a, a sciatic nerve Oof. injury that's kind of a flare-up. So it's either he could be fine, or he could be playing in a lot of pain. Knowing Jimmy Malone, he doesn't care, and he'll play footy, and he'll do a great job anyway. So Kerry's been called in, but there's been a lot of calls about, uh, you know, how Kerry. Uh, didn't want to play for New South Wales. What? What? You didn't know this? No. Well, he was born in Ipswich, grew up idolising Alfie Langer, moved to New South Wales when he was 10, um, and was basically a huge Queensland fan. Then when Queensland decided they might want to consider him, maybe New South Wales stepped in and said, no, you can't. I believe launched a legal challenge. This could all be wrong. <laughs> but uh, basically said to Luke Kerry, no, 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 no. You're eligible for New South Wales. He fought it yeah. and uh, ended up the eligibility council, I believe they're called. It's group of men sitting in a room wearing robes uh, decided that he's from New South Wales. Do you think so. we could get on that eligibility council? Oh, just be us being like, you want to play with Queensland? No! 
You're out. You're not. You're not. Go away. You can't play for anyone anymore because you wanted to play for them. You... That's it. We'll have Queensland just... N- they won't have a team. They won't have a team because... They Eligible won't... for Queensland? No. 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 Your mum's from Malta. Mal- You're out. <laughs> You're out. Damn. But then Fennec would never have played Origin. And he didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, he never played Origin. Mario. <laughs> yeah. He's a worry about how... Like he said now, he's got like he's got problems remembering things. But I think that was evident from about 2005 on the footy show. <laughs> I don't know how. It was because they kept blowing him up. I don't see how they put him on television. Liam Tom, open the sack. <laughs> Who we got this week, Liam? Excellent sack again this week, guys. I know, obviously, given the uh, terrible result and the inclemency of the weather, we're not enjoying opening the sack at this time of year. But you've chipped in, and thank you very much for it. Now, we're starting with Marcus James Harborn, excellent contributor to the Joust. Excellent name. Excellent name. I like the triple barrel with no hyphen though. No, because we've got enough hyphens. Yeah. So we've got a triple barrel with triple barrel Barrel. with no hyphens. Now, Marcus asks, should we acquire Fergo for next year? Our boy Kenneth will be off contract. We may need another winger. What do you think about Fergo? Look, he's the probably the highest profile winger that's on that's off contract at the end of the year. Uh, Apparently, that his his management has approached the Knights, being the only one, probably the only team willing to spend big money on an outside back. Uh, If the price is right sign him because if we've got to be really real about like just you know are we do we want to keep winning games uh or do we uh just look if we want to keep winning games we got to sign talent and look what fergo did to us he scored two tries one roosters the game he could do that for us if the price is right sign him yep and there was concerns of off-field trouble he seems to have assuaged that he's been on a booze ban he's kind of not been a dickhead recently so i'm warming to it yeah i'm really warming to it but uh who knows we'll have to see next question is from barry crush now this one's a bit of an existential one Mm. is there a disconnect between what the experts say is good rugby league and what fans like watching we saw that our storm crowd was down on our crowds throughout the season um what do you think? It's been interesting following what rugby league pundits and geniuses and Phil Gould have been saying about the game. And it's I've been very vocal on the show about how it's pissing me off, about how negatively they talk about the game. And I personally didn't think that that was the feeling of a lot of the fans. Because as a fan, I disagreed with them wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I still loved rugby league. Still going I, to watch. But seeing I the think- crowd number on the weekend... Is it starting to reflect in the fans? I think it, you watch a good game of rugby league and you know it's a good game of rugby league. Whether your team wins or not, it, like obviously if your team gets flogged, it's not a good game of rugby league. And even competition, with the, we, without talking about the ref, nearly dropped the pen. Without good talking save. about yeah, thank you. Uh, without talking about the ref um, at all. So just keep it keep it all about the footy. Go like I love like was that you know was that this? Did he drop it? No, like but just keep it playing on. Just keep the flow of it going. So when you look back, you go great hits. Um, length of the field tries, um, miracle passes, that's just good footy. And that's good footy for anyone. Um, like now it's all about tidying up the game with the referees. So I just feel like if you're not talking about the referees at the end of the game, that's a great game of footy. But at the same time, I I don't know. I, I think in Barry's point, I think there is a disconnect between the experts and the fans. Yeah. Because they, they've been absolutely lambasting the game this year. I've watched a lot of really, really good rugby league this year. I've enjoyed a hell of a lot of games. Yes, there's been some stinkers, but there have been stinkers from teams who suck. So, yeah, Barry, I agree. I think the bloody analysts are dickheads. (laughs) Daniel Turner. Now, Daniel, we covered this a bit earlier, but still a good question. Ponga, yes or no for origin? Obviously, uh, Kevy's named him, so he's yes. Looks like he's going to be in the 14. Where does he fit in if Slater's fit? 
Um, and if he's 14, where does he play when he comes on? Well, Queensland's always been using their 14 really well. Hopefully they see him, uh, they inject him in and he's played some good footy. As much as I don't want to say Queensland play good footy, I want to see the Pong play some good footy out there. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, I, I'd see them going to, like, I'm not sure about the rotation with the limited rotations, but I can see them probably using him maybe in the second half, maybe around that 50th minute. Um, you bring that prop back off, you bring him on and you say, just run. That's just- it. I don't think he'll... Go onto the wing. That seems a wasted no. substitute. Kevy won't do that. I think they'll be playing him in amongst the middle, sort of a second 5-8, a bit of a link between the 5-8 and the fullback. It's going to be interesting. Dropping a forward. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. It's going to be interesting, yeah. And uh, backpacking off that question. Yeah. Um, not backpacking. What's yeah. the word? Bus riding. Bus riding off that question. Dear friend of the show, Anthony Hickling asks, who is going to deliver the bubble wrap so KP so he doesn't get hurt playing Origin? Hickling, you have nothing to worry about. I can assure you I will personally be bubble wrapping every limb on Kalen's body so he doesn't get hurt. I'll be bubble wrapping myself as well, just in case <laughs> uh, anything could happen. You know. Oh, I absolutely. Want... I'll bubble wrap myself, disinfect. I don't want this boy getting hurt. No, we need this boy to play for the Knights. Forever. We say four-year contract, I say forever, forever. contract. <laughs> Evergreen contract. Yes. Not one of these deciduous contracts everyone else is getting thrown at them. No, no, that's, much, that's not what we want. But Liam, what we do want to see is lots of people at the Mark Hughes uh, Foundation uh, once a night. Uh, at Central Bar, which will be there on this Sunday, uh, mere days away from when you're watching this. And it's going to be great. Uh, the tickets available uh, at the link below. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic night. Uh, old boys, legends of, of blues, and just t- tales, and, and probably some beer involved there, and too. And footy. Footy. It's going to be... I was so underdone, my... my <laughs> footy. But, you know, I've done a lot of talking tonight. But, Liam, thank you very much for joining me this week. I uh, can't wait to uh, see you again at some point. I seem to see you more than my girlfriend. So, um, And love you it's just as shame. much. She's a wonderful lady. She is. She is. Um, thank you very much, Liam. It's going to be a pleasure. I'll talk to you again soon, Justice. And hopefully we can get a win over the bye. It's Christopher Cross. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I think Anchorman. Uh, yeah, it's a great song.